A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Let's have a lovely show. <laughs> what? <laughs> tired me. I know, because I think that was for you more than me. Yeah, that wasn't I, it was a, it was a G up. Not, not that, not that I'm not G'd up working with yourself. Just a bit tired. No, I'm going to take that at face value and be offended. Fair enough. The boyhood dream has come true. <laughs> All of you stop to me. You're about to find out how ugly mankind can really be. Myself and the click are gonna dance all over your face. Talk about your psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Welcome to the Gold Holy Classic Raw Review on the road to WrestleMania in 2023. However, 1996. We here be, who be we, I be, Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, Tom Campbell, joined by the mulligan to my O'Hare from Cultaholic.com, the Clive Fuck of Cultaholic, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando, looking Hello. resplendent in in, uh, in a lovely light jumper today. Thanks, thanks, yeah, I thought I'd dress as a Jaffa cake. It suits you. Yeah. It's a strong look because you almost matched your cup. Almost. If I'm slightly colourblind, so therefore in my head you do match your yeah. cup. This, nice. this is more of a kind of uh, mashed carrot. Mashed carrot, yeah. that's the colour. I feel quite uh, I feel quite dark and dreary in comparison to your bright self today. But usually I'm dark and dreary and you're the bright self. So it's That's fine. true. Yeah. Uh, you, as we're getting ready to record this, we're in the silly room again, so, so stand by for shenanigans. Uh, you caught me in a rare quiet moment, it seems. Yeah. Because um, I was... So, I, so yeah, full disclosure, how the sausage is made... Uh, just before this, I recorded an episode of the Classic Smackdown Review with, uh, with the wonderful Matthew Gregg. Um, we had about a 30-minute break. He's off to go and do something else. I thought, okay, well, I'm going to have a little bit of lunch. I'm going to sit downstairs, maybe listen to a bit of Ian Lee, like Ian Lee. And then there was at one point when I was listening to Ian Lee about maybe 15 minutes ago where I looked up and suddenly your cup had appeared. <laughs> I was like... Has Jackie Orlando been in? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, maybe he was doing other things. Maybe I had, his, maybe I had headphones and, it wasn't, and didn't know I was here. And then I carry on. And then I look over again about maybe five, six minutes later, and you're just sat there looking at me, looking back at me. I was like, oh, hello. Hello. You're here. Yeah. So where this is, so uh, currently where we're sat at the desk, to the right is the, is the streaming room where we do stuff on Twitch and the live reactions to YouTube. So I was sat in there just having a beer chicken and listening to a bit of Ian Lee and had a little bit of a chock shock. And you just saw, you must have just caught me just having a rare quiet. I don't like to show everybody that I'm quiet sometimes. Yeah. I get, nah, it's, uh, let me guard down. Uh, now, now Jackie Orlando has seen me being quiet. See, yeah, because I, I came in and thought you were either, at first I thought you were recording with someone. I was like, oh shit, has he forgot the podcast? And I thought, that's not like Tom. And then when I heard it was radio, I was like, oh, perhaps 
he's doing a favor to a mate and he's calling in. I'll just quietly, <laughs> I'll quietly go sit at the Aww. table. And then you look it up and you're like, oh, well. And I was like, <laughs> I was like I saw. No, I was just having a quiet moment. It's nice, isn't it? It's nice sometimes. I, I'm one of those people that is, although whilst you are the rambunctious Jackie Orlando, I'd like to think that I'm quite rambunctious myself. Yes. Uh, so when I have a quiet moment, Alex says it's very unnerving, like when you have a quiet moment sometimes, because like you're. I think when I'm at home, I'm a little bit more reserved and a bit more less unbearable. Um, <laughs> she'll say there's sometimes when you're quiet where it's it. It fills the room <laughs> when mm. you're quiet. And I was like, really? She says, sometimes when I'm in a bad mood, when I'm in a bit of a bad mood, which is very rare, but when I am, if I'm overtired, normally if I'm tired or hungry, that's me too. If I'm tired or hungry, I'm normally a bit, I'm just a bit, I don't, I don't come at people. I'm just, but she says it radiates off you when you're quiet. I was like, oh, I think that's a good thing. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I think because I'm just, people are so used to me being loud and abrasive and then, Sometimes they just catch me in a quiet moment. The rambunctious first-class male. Yeah, he's he's human after all, folks. See, whereas <laughs> at home I am just really quiet. Just because mm. Sean's like, "What do you want for tea tonight?" I'm just like some bloody peace and quiet for a start. Um, <laughs> That's a peace and quiet from you, woman. <laughs> but then, but then she can tell my mood based on the kind of quiet I am. Oh, okay. So the levels of Jackie Orlando quiet. Yeah, because it could be quiet and like you know. Being like, hey, Sean, from now on, the one I've been coming up with recently, I came up with a new name. I said, from now on, can you call me Krent? <laughs> and she went, Krent's not a name. It's like, Krent is a name. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'll still say you shite like that, but now I'll just, you know, go off and do my own thing and just be like sat quietly, like reading or do, doing something. Or there's other times where like you, I'm tired or I'm a bit run down or whatever, and I'm just quiet. Mm. And she's like... He, he's being a bit quiet and small. I'll just sit there just like... Quiet and small. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I always think about you when you said it, and it always makes me laugh, is <laughs> when one day you went under the covers in your bedroom, <laughs> and <laughs> Sean came and found you and looked at us, what are you doing? You went, this is where I come to smile. <laughs> it's where I practice. This is where I come to <laughs> smile. Just away from the world. Do you do what I do sometimes when you're... When, and this happened the other night when I was a little bit quiet. And uh, what, I, what I sometimes do is, if I've been quiet for ages, I'll puncture the silence by a, a very, an act of, of sheer randomness, mm. like to break the silence with a hammer. So like on this occasion, I just picked up the cat and I had him in the doorway. So like where Alex was sat, she could just see like the doorway. Yeah. Couldn't, and, and I just poked his head around the doorway. So you just saw his head in the doorway and I just moved him up and down. <laughs> Theme tune? Angry Beavers. Angry Beavers. So did that to the Angry Beavers theme tune. And she went, put him down, bless him. He played along, bless him as well. The other day I was in quite a good mood and Sean looked on in bewilderment as I gave both cats a super kick party. <laughs> Didn't make contact, of course, but I was just going, super kick, super kick. Super. <laughs> Stopping about six inches away from the heads, and I was just like, what are you doing? Louis was going, why don't you do dad? He was like, how dare you put the, the appendage near me? Who? <laughs> what? what? Hmm? I, I do like how different our, our voices for Louis are. Yeah. Well, obviously, Louis is your boy, so yours is the right one, but I offer the alternative of, hello, dad. Why you do, Dad? I've been sick, Dad. If if he didn't look how he looks, then that would be applicable. <laughs> That's how he should be. But because he's a, uh, a little fancy lad, little Lord Fauntleroy, <laughs> he's just like, oh, of course. Uh, 
Like, like his sicking is is sicking. His vomiting therefore becomes quite like upper class, like a vomitorium. He's just like, I've indulged too much mm. on the fruits of life. <laughs> <laughs> you should clean it. <laughs> Go get me the help to clean this mess up. The help. I'll, and I should dine once more. I'm not going to learn their names. There's no point. <laughs> There's no point. They change so often. Uh, let's talk about Raw from 1996. Yes. Let's take ourselves back, way back mm. to July the 15th. 1996 this week. Our number one movie in the UK is Mission Impossible. Mm. Still there. Uh, Independence Day joining, enjoying a second week on top of the charts. Summer blockbusters, isn't it? Oh, it certainly is. Tupac, Casey, Jojo, Dr. Dre, How Do You Want It? Slash California Love, yeah. top of the charts in America. In the UK, Three Lions enjoyed a very brief resurgence at the top of the charts. Fuji's are back again with Killing Me Soft. Nah. I miss those days where they would chop and change yeah. dead quick. It was exciting but when the singles charts meant something. Yes. Yeah. When it meant something, of course. Yeah. Uh, the Summer Olympics get underway this week. Uh, and uh, it was the city of Atlanta that was selected back in 1990. Uh, and uh, now this is the time they've actually got to you know, pony up and do, do an Olympics. Yeah. Uh, the Olympic ceremony, the opening ceremony of the 96 Summer Olympics took place on Friday, July the 19th. Ted, what is important about July the 19th? Uh, at the <laughs> Centennial Olympic Stadium, Atlanta. That's a deep cut from Father Ted, isn't it? <laughs> Dougal, what's important about July the 19th? Do <laughs> you remember what was important? No, they, were going, they were going on holiday, weren't they? Was that the one when they went? Oh, I can't remember. I'm sure they were going on holiday. Mm. Uh, the games were opened by the President of the United States of America, Bill Clinton. Billy. Sadly, no saxophone from Big Billy. Burly. I just got Dougal stuck in my head now. <laughs> Ted, I seem to be wearing some kind of woman's bra. <laughs> did Len? Did he call? Did Len find out about the rabbits? <laughs> did he call me Len again? <laughs> the Olympic cauldron was lit by gold medalist and boxing champion Muhammad Ali. Uh, the ceremony filmed uh, featured film composer John Williams, yeah. French Canadian singer Celine Dion, and American singer Gladys Knight. Uh, I don't know why I said her name in a fun way. It's only one of those, I think, is slang for having a poo. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm off for a Celine Dion. Mm. Uh, the ceremony attendance was 85,600 people, watched by 3.5 billion viewers worldwide. The most watched TV event until last year. Oh. What was, do you reckon, what do you reckon last year? What oh, took over last year? Uh, farewell to Big Liz. Farewell to Big Liz, the Queenie's death. Yeah. Completely trampling all over. Atlanta 96. Even I watched that, and I'm not a royalist. I just thought, this is a moment in history. Let's sit down. Shah yeah. made a carrot cake for the occasion. Ah, is that something you'll do now every time a royal family member dies, to make a carrot cake? I hope so, yeah. That's a nice little treat. So did you sit and watch it and just go, oh, they, they look funny? I was just like, yeah. I, I, I was saying to Sean though, because obviously it was just like, yes, and of course, here's all the important people and foreign dignitaries. As you look there, there's the president of Burundi. There is, uh, of course, the president of uh, the United States of America. And I went to Sean, I was like, I bet, bet you anything, some scouser has just blagged his way in there, just gone, mad this. And <laughs> Am I here? <laughs> Waiting for a YouTube video going, I snuck into Queen Liz's funeral. It's, it's one of those things that they always say, no matter where you go on earth, you'll find a scouser. And I think that was best um, shown by, have you seen Shang-Chi? Yes. Yeah. And they're in this like hidden Chinese village where no outsiders have ever been. And Ben Kingsley's there as a scouser. I just went, accurate. <laughs> accurate. There's just one scouser. I'll go, mad this. 
<laughs> you just seep into every part of the world. Yeah. yeah. It's always everywhere. We're a port city, aren't we? So I think it was just back of the day. People would be like, oh, I'm bored of this, getting on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's, that's the joy of being a port city. Yeah. I'm just going to jump on there and just go for a little journey. Yeah. Uh, we were, uh, obviously, we were away. We were in the Maldives when country was in a, uh, a week of mourning, which is, uh, as radio people, like, you train your entire life for the moment that the Queen dies. Like, mm. this is what you do. This is how you do it. Like, for, like, my entire radio career, every station I've gone to, I've had to go through royal protocol. So, like, when this, oh, it's happening! And we're going, it's the day before we go away. And so, Alex was in a meeting, and it was like, okay, from next week, uh, it's a period of mourning, so here are some new plans and new schedules. And Alex was like, see you, bitch, off to the morning! Hey. Have fun with that! Da, 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 da. She didn't do that, really, but I think mentally she did that. Yeah. So we, we weren't here for the whole uh, morning period, like, but I know that like all the radio sounded a bit crap. We, we, were away for, we were away ourselves for most of it. It was just we were back in time for the funeral. The big funeral. But, because I, I DM'd Aidan Gibbons on twitter and i said i'm having that one day off and he went all right (laughs) (laughs) we've got carrot cake and i want to watch the green go it's like sean's still tired and i'm still in holiday mode so yeah and he's like yeah fine but we caught little glimpses of it we caught some of the some of the coverage uh from all over the place and i watched um the daily show where they talked about it and they played a clip from the american coverage where they're like and there you see uh some of the uh members of uh parliament there you see uh some members of the queen's uh one of the Queen's royal aides there. Oh, I'm being told that is Liz Truss, the Prime Minister. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even know! I forgot about Liz Truss. Yeah, we all did, didn't we? Yeah. Liz Truss gave Liz that handshake and, well, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying she caused it. But my, my connection to Atlanta 96. Go on. I want to sh- chuck this in there and, because that's really all that's happened this week in the world. And then we'll get into the wrestling stuff. Um, this is going back to, uh, so I used to own a t-shirt when I was, how old would I have been? 14, 13, maybe 13. How old was this one? Maybe, yeah, 13 years old. Mm. Yeah, when because it, it would have been like 96. WrestleMania 13 was 2007. Yeah, I'd have been like 96 year I was 13. Um, and I'd wore it a few times. I think my do you figure out your age based on what WrestleMania was? Yes, like I do. <laughs> I'm exactly the same age as WrestleMania. Nice. So like, it's 39 this year. So I go, okay, so I'm 39 this year. It's really handy. Um, but yeah, so I had 13 and I had this Atlanta 96 t-shirt and I'd worn it a few times. Um, I think my mum had bought it for me. Anyway, we go on holiday to Florida and we're staying at this uh, hotel complex and we go into the, we go into the shop and I bank a right when I was in the shop, where there is like a magazine section and a comic section. Mm-hmm. And I pick up Mad Magazine. I go, Ooh. Ooh. We don't get this over here. No. I sat and, I sat and read Mad Magazine. I thought, that's interesting. That's funny. That's good. Sat there cross-legged and oh, there was another issue there. And I, I read that for a bit. And then uh, and then I thought, okay, I'll, I'll stand up now. And as I stood up, my brother comes, comes barreling over. Where have you been? I said, been sat here reading Mad. We've been looking everywhere for you. And I go back to the pool where my mum is and like she's in tears and she gives me the biggest hug and they're like, where have you been? I said, I was reading a magazine in the shop where we went in earlier. You've been gone an hour. It's been an hour since then. And it (laughs) turned out that they'd shut the entire complex down because they thought I might have been kidnapped in the shop. 
I was just sat because where you are, where the magazine section is, there's a blind spot. Yeah. So no one thought to go and go round that corner to find. So like they shut the complex down. Nobody was allowed to leave because everybody was being, like like they was they were ringing every ho every room and getting every room checked because wow. they thought I'd been abducted. Wow. And then I just turned <laughs> up. So everyone's like, fine, he's here. He was reading. So you know, everyone's a bit upset, a bit angry. Me, I was like, I was just doing no, I did wrong. But then as the once the once everybody calmed down. My dad went, to be fair, son, we never have found you if you got stolen. I said, why? He said, because, like, you're wearing that, that yellow T-shirt. Your mum's told everybody you're wearing an Atlanta 96 T-shirt. <laughs> 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 like, so if, if you had been nicked, you'd have been long gone. They wouldn't uh. have spotted you. We're looking, for a kid in a, we're looking for a kid in an Atlanta 96 T-shirt that I wasn't wearing. How brilliant. <laughs> so, hey, look, if you're an abductor, you missed your chance that day. <laughs> You could, you could have had your own Tom Campbell. You could have had your own Tom Campbell, growing him in a pot. That'd have been lovely, wouldn't it? That was that was a, that was a holiday to, with my family. Ah, oh, wonderful. It was a lovely time. I believe I believe Pablo running away that time was my penance. Yes. For, for causing my parents such, such grief. For him to run away for like how long was he away for? Um, was it twelve hours? He was away for very likely. <laughs> As Jack Orlando adjusts his trousers, we now throw to him for uh, a talk through. The wrestling world news this week. I had to just hide my massive erection at the thought of you getting abducted. <laughs> <laughs> Sound just like no one. <laughs> <laughs> I've been lowbrow today. I've been really lowbrow. Yeah, your brows aren't even here. But they're on me. Doesn't matter. Trousers. Yeah. So you know the way that like the wrestling world's been going mad the last few weeks. Yeah, it's been a wild <sighs> ride. Third man's and all that stuffs. Uh, well, but bugger all happened this week. Brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll be out in an hour if you listen to this and change. Yeah. So Wrestling Observer newsletter dated July twenty second, nineteen ninety six. The big story of the week is the WWF are planned to host the biggest house show of 1996 in Toronto. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. So at the Toronto's Exhibition Stadium, 10 years to the day after it set what was, at the time, the all-time recorded attendance record, Dave's words, not mine, for pro wrestling in the same building, they drew 69,300 fans in 1986 in Toronto. So the show billed as WWF X-Press, X to signify mm. being 10 years after Hogan vs. Orndorff. The headline by Shawn Michaels versus Goldust in a ladder match for the WWF title. Ooh! No other matches have been announced, but is it expected that Undertaker versus Mankind in a casket match and Sid versus Vader will be the other main matches? Ooh. It's a sold show as part of the CNE Fair in Toronto, and similar to the Hogan-Orndorff match 10 years earlier, it's expected to draw the largest crowd for pro wrestling in North America probably in several years. Wow! And I've been to the CNE Fair in Toronto, and there was definitely no WWF show. <laughs> There's never been one. Well, 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 no, the one year that I went, there wasn't. Oh, oh uh, that's a shame. Just my mate Natalie got very drunk and ate lots of funnel cakes. And I was just kind of like... <laughs> she's like, we're going on the Ferris wheel. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but you've had a lot of funnel cake. Yeah. This is a bad idea. Yeah, you've been drinking Fireball and eating funnel cake. And then our other mate Lee was like, Lee, are you okay? She went, yeah, I can handle my Fireball. I was like, <laughs> I was like should we take her on a Ferris wheel? She was like, yeah, why not? Yeah, she'll have a lovely... Will she... Do we see the fireballs and the fennel cake again? No, she's fine. No, no, she was just going. Oh, Ferris wheel. <laughs> no Lex Luger here. I was like, yeah, there's no Lex Luger. Because <laughs> everywhere you go on your holidays, you're always looking out for Lex Luger. Oh yeah, one must one must always keep a keen eye for Lex Luger. But Goldust and Sean in a ladder match. That sounds pretty good. I'm quite intrigued by how Goldust would rock up in a ladder match. Uh, I'd hope he'd have a gold ladder. 
Yes. If it was 2022, yes. he'd have a gold ladder. In 1996, not quite sure he would. Mm. If you're at that show. show, let me know. Yeah. Our, our Canadian brethren. Yeah, you know who you are. Yeah. You yeah. know where you live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alan. Yeah. Fennel cake. Alan Fennel cake. Alan Fennel cake. <laughs> Fennel we don't need Fennel any more names Fennel. for our roster. We don't need... <laughs> I started writing them down yesterday because we decided that um, if the, even though we come up with all these stupid wrestling names like Clive Fork and the Bromwell Boys, etc., we decided that the if this was a federation, that the um, GM authority figure would be Dev from Coronation Street. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd always be cutting corners trying to save some money. Oh, of course he would, yeah. yeah. Every, every match would just be a singles match. No tag teams because that's twice the money. And everyone has to do double duty under a hood. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about people who've definitely never done double duty. The latest on the Jim Helwig saga is, <laughs> despite all sorts of rumours, there's no change from last week. Okay. Uh, we'll hear from Vince McMahon Raw saying that his lawyer and WWF have had dialogue, so they are keeping his name alive and out there. But Titan has made no plans for his return, nor is he written into any future plans. The story is the appearance bond he's supposed to place before being allowed back will be closer to a quarter of a million Last week we were saying 100 grand, now they're saying 250 grand. Oh, jeez. Because they don't trust them. Helwig made an online message that largely made no sense in response to claims he missed the show due to a contract dispute, saying he missed the shows because his father passed away and denied it was contractually related and said, If resolving my personal issues and protecting the way I chose to believe puts me in the WWF doghouse as stated on the money-making 1900 line, then so be it. Bow wow and kiss my ass. Always believe. <laughs> Did he really say bow wow? Bow wow and kiss my ass. Bow wow and kiss my ass. Always believe, because don't forget that's been his slogan that he's been saying for years that he's definitely never said before. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, I love how he's now dropping it in. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah, I've always said it. <laughs> always said it. What are you talking about? I always said, always believe. You just ripped it off from me, you bastard. Just trying to gaslight the WWF. <laughs> um, with Warrior leaving, there is unhappiness among the talent about him walking out because there's feeling that he's done it before and he was still pushed to the moon when he came back. And for similar reasons, the Sid situation has people being like, Sid's crap. He was never as over as Warrior. He's a bit flaky. He just fucks off for a bit and he's come back and he's getting pushed to the moon. So I take it this is, without naming names, people in the lower mid card, the good hands, are just like, why are these just arseholes getting all Oh, these? I'm sorry, Sparky Plug. Should we put you in the international incident? Here's what you do, right? <laughs> you put me in a WWF title match, and I win, and then we start the Bob Holly reign. <laughs> no names. names they must have, yeah. yeah, but I mean, logic must say that, Okay, you've you've got this big match that you're selling with the Ultimate Warrior in it. Ultimate Warrior can't be in it. You've got to find a, as big a star as you can. Yeah, because you're already trying to build Ahmed, so you can't have someone below Ahmed who you're also trying to build. Ahmed's the build, exactly. So yeah. therefore, you need like a big name amongst the build to say Ahmed belongs with. Yeah, that was to... the whole. The crux of the match was a way of pushing over, getting Ahmed over. Yeah. So let's find somebody who's free, who's got name value, yeah. who's you know an imposing figure. Sid's as good as any. I mean, Skinner mustn't have been available. I presume Skinner wasn't <laughs> available. Uh, talking about Skinner not being available, McMahon is making an effort to sign a lot of the key guys to five-year deals as he apparently wants to avoid more Hall and Nash situations, which, yeah. Of course. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. And then, right, saying that nothing happened this week. Just one line from uh, Dave here at the end. 
Uh, the one, two, three kid was given his release this past week and he's expected to join the NWO. Jeez. Oh yeah, Dave, all right. Do you want to lead with that? Just lob that <laughs> in, why don't you? So yeah, so Sean Waltman, done with the company. He's gone. We won't see him again until, you know, you point to the click in 1998. 90, yeah, 98, 98 it'll yeah. be. It'll be. It won't be until 1998 that we see, yeah, just after Mania 14. Mm-hmm. Oof. That's where you next see him. It's a shame that he was, he's was he been unhappy with the company for a long time. Yeah. So I can't say I'm massively shocked that he's that he's now gone. Yeah. Because I can't I mean, say he's massively. During his time as the 123 kid, he never had a match at WrestleMania. He appeared at uh, Jarrett versus Ramon, but I don't think he ever had a match until he was well in the X Pac room. Mm. I'm trying to think whether he did as well. Don't think he did. I don't think he did. Because he mm. turns up in like a lovely like kimono thing <laughs> to. to Start karate chopping road dog, and that's about it. But you never actually had a bell to bell experience. He was never actually there, was he? No. no. Which it's it's always a weird one because like coming back to wrestling years later and hearing the term X Pac heat, I never understood that because I always liked X Pac. I don't know if I was the right age for it, and now I think people are kind of culturally reevaluating it because people are just like he was a hell of a worker. Yeah, he certainly was. He stayed in the Xbox gimmick maybe too long, but he was a hell of a worker. I think that was the thing, was because everybody else seemed to move on from those particular roles. Yeah. Road Dog maybe the exception. But everybody else sort of seemed to move on and do other things, whereas X-Pac was just always X-Pac. Yeah, but to be fair, like Billy Gunn moved on to be the one Billy Gunn. And a show gun. And a show gun. Or was Lest it a gun show? Or was it the show guns? I remember at the time, no one kind of really it knew. Was it, crap, yeah. it, yeah. it was crap, is what it was. Yeah. It was crap. God so, bless them. Um, yeah, it ended on the Billy Gun news there. That was all the wrestling news for the week. That's all there was. Yeah, because the main thing was this week was just Dave going on one of his UFC things because I think Mark Coleman turned up and battered Dom Fry. <laughs> that was about it. Wasn't he the guy from the Eagles? Dom Fry. Yeah. <laughs> Don Fry, boys of summer. Just a big mustache. <laughs> Sorry, I'm crossing over. I'm crossing Glen Frey. Glen Fry and Don, Don from the Eagles. Don the Don Don. Now, before we get into Raw. Oh shit. Before we get into Raw, this is my new segment called Tom has a little quick perv at Superstars from that week. <laughs> Tom has a little quick perv Perfect superstars from, from that, that week. week. So just to kind of fill in a few blanks on Monday Night Raw, I've noticed that the WWE Network now contains episodes of WWF superstars. So I watched the episode that aired two days before this one. We'll do a quick run through and then we'll get into Raw. Uh, so superstars from two days ago opens with new footage of Sid laughing into the camera. So when they were there in that studio, they filmed quite a few little bits all at once. Uh, Because I think we get a Shawn Michaels promo later on in Superstars that was filmed in the same section. They must have just filmed loads of B-roll. And part of the B-roll is is Sid laughing into the camera and shrieking, guess who's back? And that's how Superstars opens. That sounds pretty cool. It's pretty cool, actually. Uh, The Body Donners batter Todd Becker and Rock Werner. He was called Rock Wagner last week. Mm. Uh, they've changed it back to Werner. Uh, the smoking guns were watching on and going, oh, I see you. Uh, a great Jim Cornette promo. Yeah. Where he calls Warrior the ultimate eggplant and calls Sid an homicidal maniac. Good. <laughs> so yeah. That was excellent. That's really putting over Sid. It's like, oh, you're a homicidal maniac. And Jim Helwig, you're a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. T.L. Hopper and Duke the Dumpster Drosy in a home improvement match. Spoiler, <laughs> they mentioned they wanted to get Tim the Toolman Taylor to, to announce it, but they couldn't. Yeah. Trying to get I wonder why. 
One, because it's superstars. Two, they definitely couldn't afford him to talk man Taylor in 1996. Do you know how a home improvement match works? Um, is it you have someone peer it over a fence? <laughs> One would dream. And you go, hur, 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 a lot. <laughs> it's a singles match, pinfall of submission, countouts and DQs are on. It's just a normal match. Yeah. But it just happens that the two guys are doing it have jobs around the house. Uh, Hopper wins with his version of a brain buster oh. called Down the Drain. Nice. There you go. Should have called it the Drain Buster earlier. Really. Drain Buster would have been better. Because or... that, that implies a big poo. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I put here he should have been called the Plunger. Ooh. Because he's got a plunger. Yeah. But no, down the drain is what down it's called. Drain. I don't think this is good. I prefer Drain Buster. Mm. Uh, he then puts a plunger on Duke's head. That's kind of his thing. He gets Betsy <laughs> and puts it on their head. Well, like, like when Homer Simpson's dead old, he's like, <laughs> just up to his head. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, Mankind um, batters Jerry Fox. Little reminder of who Mankind is. He's very dangerous. He squeals a lot. He beats somebody. Jake Roberts gets interviewed by Jim Ross. He, uh, Mankind attempts to do a run-in, but a lot of officials stop him. Jake Roberts gets the snake out, and Mankind like recoils from the snake. Oh. So Mankind is frightened of the snake. Okay. So a little storyline bit for those two. Uh, Barry Horowitz fights Alex Pug Porto. Now, Alex Porto is like a lower card guy that WWE have a bit of interest in to the point where he is a, he's an enhancement guy that gets an entrance. Whoa. And he's got music. He's got the Steiner Brothers music from, the, from 94. Let me tell you the story about a Rick oh, and Scott. Steiner only. <laughs> Steiner Lines. See, see, I thought it was Steiner Lines. It's a Steinerized. It's Steinerized. It should be Steiner Lines. I agree. I had this whole thing with, with, with Sam the other day on the Classic Nitro review. It should be Steinerline. Yeah. But it's Steinerized. Uh. It doesn't work as well. So he doesn't come out to Steinerize. No, now. they come out to the college fight song that do 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 do. So he comes out to that and he gets a little picture in picture promo. Going, yeah. Hey, I'm Alex Porto and I'm here to be the best wrestler. Really fucking generic. Like Jesus Christ, like literally create a wrestler tile genericism. But kind of shades of a very early Kurt Angle. In terms of what they're trying to do. See, I've still got in my head that he's Scott Steiner, so I can imagine him pitching, pitching, going, Fat asses! You old bastard! <laughs> it would have been amazing if Pug Porto had just come after Flair and called him an old bastard. He's fat! He's fat! He's fat! But sadly not. A very generic guy. But again, like a wrestler. Like a, yeah. he wrestles. Like he gets him on the ground and catches catch can and all that stuff. Very early test for Kurt Angle, it mm. seems. But they liked him. He well, won. Talking to Kurt Angle, like you said, the 1996 Olympics have just started. Yeah. Wonder if anything will happen. Yeah, they're keeping an eye on Mark Henry. Mm. Not Kurt Angle. No. Uh, Freddie Joe Floyd. He beat Bradshaw the other week. He did. Yeah. He certainly did. Yeah. He, we then get, we then get, a, a, so Freddie Joe Floyd is Tracy Smothers. Everybody dies. But it's like a, like a, a squeaky clean version. It's, yeah. like, it's like the PG version of Tracy Smothers <laughs> is Freddie Joe Floyd. And he does a promo. And like, he, he fights all his instincts. Like, I'm just going to go out there and do my best. Like, it's like a, such, a, such a white meat promo. For Tracy Smothers? Yeah, he didn't even misspell thug. Like, <laughs> he didn't 
Chief of jail, because the thug can't <laughs> It's really safe, but it's lovely to hear him. Anyway, Bradshaw beats him very decisively. Okay. Uh, Savio Vega makes a save because they're going to beat him up after the match, but Savio Vega runs them off. Vega versus Bradshaw in line for a, a long rivalry from here. Mm. And right at the very end of Superstars, as, as Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, sorry, as, yeah, as Vince McMahon, Jim Ross and Kurt Hennig are signing off, Brian Pillman appears behind them with a headset on and uh, it gets emotional about how blessed he is to be taken in by the WWF, how much he loves them all. Like says they're like family to him. Vince is more like a dad than a brother, admittedly. And then gives them all a hug as he cries. It's weird. That like is... a hug from behind. Like they don't want him there. Yeah. But he's just like, like forcing, his, forcing his love upon them in that way. Like hugging them. It's wonderfully Brian Pillman. I do like the fact that they're going all in on Brian Pillman. Yeah, their own, like, as we've talked about last week as well, like the loose cannon thing is, is fabulous to see unravel. Again, I'm imagining a world where he hugs more from behind and Mr. Perfect does the uh, Bobby Heenan thing. He's like, what the fuck do you think? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a lovely little throwback, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, a delightful throwback. So there's a few bits from Superstars. Well, bloody hell. There you go. I'm going to keep an eye on Superstars as we go week to week. Just because... Because as much as we, we've played the card of, well, look, we, you know, tell us on Raw what's happening. There's a few times when wrestlers just disappear forever. Yeah. And normally you can find them on Superstars. So I'm going to put my hat on. I'm going to go spelunking into Superstars and we'll find some bits from other wrestlers as we go. That's the plan. <laughs> just imagine you cracking through the floor and abseiling down. It's like, oh, there's at least 800 people here. <laughs> Salvatore Sincere. Hello, Salvatore. <laughs> I wonder where you were from that time on Raw. Anyway, talking of Raw, let's get to Raw from July the 15th, 1996. What a pro, ladies and gentlemen. What a pro, what a pro, what a pro. pro. Uh, Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson arriving in the building. They've been mobbed by fans, apparently. Oh, everywhere they go, they're just loved. But they get into a verbal spat with Camp Cornette, who are wearing some delightful outfits here. Everyone was dressed amazingly. They were all, like, in 90s gear. I saw Zubaz. I saw, saw, like, workout tops of multiple colours. Bum bags. Bum bags were there. I believe Owen Hart looked a bit like a mint imperial. He, uh, he, he had a backwards cap and like 90s glasses. He dressed like a 10-year-old skater boy. They all are dressed like 10-year-old skater yeah. boys here. It's uh, fabulous. Shawn Michaels was dressed like the hitman from Last Action Hero. <laughs> That's a great throwback. What's his name? The bollocks with the eye. You know, you've seen it. You know the film that we're yeah. talking about. But yeah, do check that. They have a little bit of this as the show gets started. No fists are no. thrown, just a little bit of arguing to get started on Raw. Gorilla Monsoon's there because he knows something's going to kick off and he kind of keeps everybody at bay into the title sequence and off we go with the show. Uh, tonight, it is the ultimate challenge of the smoking guns because the show will feature Bart Gunn in a few moments challenging Ahmed Johnson for the Intercontinental title and then in the main event, Shawn Michaels puts the WWF title on the line against Daddy Ass. Bloody hell. Fucking Billy Gunn getting a WWF title shot this week on Raw. What? Wow. What I want to know is then, had in the back, had the click already started warming up to the guns? Because obviously... They must have done if yeah. this is happening. If Billy Gunn's getting a world title shot and, oh, what's this in the future? Something tells me that he joins Triple H in a very <laughs> successful group. Like, so, yeah, they must have been backstage. He'd be like, all my friends have gone now. And Billy and Bart are like, we'll be your mate, Sean. Go on. I love the idea that originally it was going to be Bart challenging for the WWF title and Billy challenging for the IC. And Sean went, actually, swap that around. 
Thank you very much. Yeah. I, uh, that's just me off the top of my head. I've got no evidence to, to back that no, up at course. all. Uh, but we open with the IC title match. It's Bart Gunn getting his first crack at the Intercontinental title, held by Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed calls the IC title the People's Championship, according to Jerry Lawler. All right, The Rock. Yeah. That's your thing, isn't it? All right, DDP. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, other people. <laughs> all, all the people that like the people. Yeah. All right, this is for my people. For my party people, Macy Elliott. Not Macy. Is it Macy Elliott? Missy. Missy Elliott. I was thinking of Macy Gray at the same time. <laughs> Gotta say goodbye and I choke. Nope. Try to walk away and I stumble. But you had it. It's clear. My world crumbles when you are yeah. not near. That one I was thinking of. Mm. Uh, Sonny lets Jerry Lawler kiss her hand, mind out. But then she does the fake handshake pull away on Vince McMahon for pure bants. And it looks like either Jerry's a good actor or he was genuinely tickled by this because he's just laughing at Vince McMahon. Does it go, ah, <laughs> dickhead? I got to kiss a woman. What did you do with your life? Yeah. Uh, Bart has really strong offensive streak. Uh, working over the arm of Ahmed Johnson. Is it, a, is it a keen wrestling strategy to base all of your offense on one person's arm? Slowly but surely, yes. Hmm. It is a strong wrestling strategy. Is it interesting to watch on television? Fuck no. The whole match is, is Ahmed getting his work, arm worked over by Bart Gunn. And let's, let's not mince words here. Ahmed Johnson and Bart Gunn aren't remembered as great technicians no they are not sorry lads yeah. you're not but uh, it, it makes sense because Ahmed's a power guy Pale River Plunge needs his arms Spinebuster needs his arms eating his dinner needs his arms <laughs> you won't have your chicken very easily tonight Ahmed oh it was the other hand damn it damn it should have worked on both arms <laughs> both arms uh, on commentary Lawler says that Shawn Michaels bailed Sid out of the insane asylum I don't think you can post bail to an insane <laughs> asylum <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're not mentally fit to be in society. Here's 10 grand. All right, off you go. I don't <laughs> think that's how it works. Now, don't eat any more babies. <laughs> yeah, don't kill those dogs. Oh, he killed 10 dogs. As soon as he left, we should, we should have the bail option. We should get rid of that. Yeah. Uh, Sonny helps out Bart and adds a bit of leverage, leverage to an arm bar. Because that's the that's the, the the talk of the match is Ahmed's arm. Pretty dull match, with but efficient from a wrestling point of view, as I've written here. Well mm. done, Pat Tom. We agree. Bart does nothing but slow arm holes on Ahmed. Ahmed, however, lands a desperation power slam, but his arm is hurting, so he doesn't have what it takes to take advantage. And Bart is fuck me back working the pissing arm. It's the whole match. Just how we start raw. Fair bollocks to Ahmed for selling the arm, though. Oh. Excellent selling of the arm. Kayfabe-wise, can't falter. Yes. Entertainment-wise, Now, during the break, Jerry Lawler apparently disappeared and came back from the backstage area. He was doing something suspicious in the back that I don't believe is referenced again. So, goodness knows what it was. Just move to the back for a Tommy taxi in a minute. Well, he did just kiss Sonny's arm, so maybe he did have a bit of business. Maybe business did pick up for Jerry Lawler. Abseiling in the back. <laughs> I don't know what abseiling is. I'm not telling you. No, you shouldn't do it in the office. No. Desperation, Ahmed Johnson come back. He hangs Bart Gun on the ropes and then just fucking torpedoes into him. I quite like that. You know when you play <laughs> with your wrestling figures and yeah. like, you know, at one point you just go, oh, he's done a he's done a shoulder slam and you just throw the other wrestler at the other one. That's kind of what this was. Where like Bart Gun gets. 
like dropped onto the ropes, balls first, and Ahmed just fucking runs and plows into him. This is why the Ahmed, it's amazing. It's why the Ahmed experiments work, and it's why the Goldberg push would work. It's why Warrior worked because they wrestle like how kids play with action figures. Yeah, that's so a good it's, show. It's just fun. Like this bit, it was just like, oh, a bit of a boring match. Oh, Ahmed's just throwing himself at him over <laughs> the top rope. I was like, yes, Ahmed, you fucker. I'm sure he gives it a big old ooh as he flies into Yeah, him. fucking yeah. Stunning. Uh, back in the ring, Ahmed lands a spine buster and then Bart eats a Pearl River plunge moments later. Thank God you worked that arm, eh, Bart? That stopped him. Ahmed's like, yeah, number one, my arm's fine. <laughs> oh, fine. Forgotten now. Uh, do you have similar thoughts to me on the first match? Yeah, I, I just put... It didn't help as well. It was a boring match, but this has been a, a quiet crowd. Apart from the first week when they were live, it's been a pretty quiet crowd. Yeah. And this finished them off. Fair fucks to Bark Gun for trying to tell a story and Ahmed for coping fine. Fair balls as well to Sonny for mugging around the outside, trying to warm up the crowd, but they weren't having it and it was ultimately... Boring. It's always a challenge when you're doing these big blocks of tapings to keep anybody, even if your product is the hottest it's ever been, mm. it's a challenge to keep people there for so long. You've got to really work to pace the show. This is the first set of tapings for a while where it's been like this, though. Because mm. for a couple of months, it seems that like they stayed quite hot throughout the tapings. Like, yeah, let's go, let's go. But like, this is probably like the 15th time they've seen Sonny and they're like, yeah, you're good looking. Yeah, yeah nice looking lass. Yeah. Sean Michaels is thinking about the guns. He's thinking about Sonny and Camp Cornet, but we'll leave tonight with the belt. He had Ahmed's back in the back. I believe there's one point where we cut and we see Sean watching the match. Yeah. So like, I like the story of like, they've got each other's back. They're just mates. They're just mates. Yeah. Dude's being bros. But he's asked the biggest question of the week. Can we trust Psycho Sid? Michael said he had a long relationship that people don't know about with Sid. And he thinks Sid <laughs> is going to be by his side. That was verbatim as well. He sneezed mid-promo. He sneezed mid-promo. Uh, Sid is going <laughs> You all right? Yeah, I've had a sneeze. <laughs> it's a little tickle there. And I was like, I'm going to try and push through it. I can't. There it is. Sid is going to be by his side. That's staying in, don't worry. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Mark Marrow and Sable head to the ring. Uh, a movie usher delivers Sable a gift. He's back. Yeah. We haven't seen him for ages. Love seeing the usher again. Uh, presumably for Marlena or Goldust. Uh, yeah. From Marlena or Goldust. And Sable throws it to the ground. This comes after last week the Superstar Line question whether there was a bit of a menage a trois. Yeah, after um, Marlena was just trying to just like climb all over Sable on last week's row. Yes, there was certainly something that was suggested there, and they're going to continue that. I'm all for it. Uh, on the WWF Superstar line, huge news! An unidentified source has leaked plans to affect Shawn Michaels' confidence ahead of international incident. Oh, God. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know what that is. I believe that Bulldog is just going to stand outside his locker room and go, you're rubbish, you are. Bye. Boom. <laughs> Boom. You're, you're, you're crap. Hey, You've I'm... got a weird hand. <laughs> no one likes that one hand. More like sweet Boom. rubbish music. Hey. Boom. Boom. Heartbreak kid. More like rubbish break kid. Sheep yeah. chin music. Sheep don't have chin. Yeah. Don't, don't kick a sheep, you bastard. You kick sheep, you do. You do. Piece oh, shit. Sheep are nice people. This, Boom. Is, this is Jim Cornette's plan. Just bulldog outside. Just, just ad-libbing insults towards him. <laughs> oh, you think you're the showstopper? You're the... Show pooer, yeah, yeah, you poo, you, you poo, big, do a big poo on the show. Rockers more like the rubbish, the rubbish, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. You and rubbish Janetti and your rubbish Michaels because you're rubbish, yeah, like you know rubbish. Sean shite, yeah, yeah shite. Bull, more like bulldog, he's shite. No, Bull, you know no, bulldog's no. great. No, bulldog. Vince, did you read that contract? Yeah, <laughs> I'm still in two minds. <laughs> Mero's opponent tonight is T.L. Hopper! Hey. Here he is. Uh, we get footage of Hopper fixing a pipe and beating Duke the Dumpster on Superstars and then plunging his face, as we talked about earlier. Uh, T.L. Hopper is Tony Anthony. Uh, for the, And uh, he was interviewed... Uh, by World Wrestling Insanity. And he said, in terms of how T.L. Hopper came to be... Mm. He said, Jim Cornette got me up here. Jim left some debts in SMW, and he was getting people brought in for the WWF. I don't know whether he literally means he was owed money or whether he was, like, owed a favor. Yeah. So there's a few Smoky Mountain guys getting a run out in the WWF via Jim. He said, uh, I had a meeting, and they asked me uh, what hobbies I had. They didn't seem interested. I don't know what they were. They asked me what other jobs I had before wrestling. I said my father was a master plumber. Dusty said he was a plumber's son. That's garbage. I actually was a plumber's son. <laughs> the real son of a plumber is T.L. Hopper. <laughs> so that's where plumbing came from, says Tony Anthony. I wasn't really big on that. However, if I used Dirty White Boy, Vince wanted to own the name. I wasn't going to go for that unless I got a big-ass contract to sign. I knew my spot. I knew I wasn't going anywhere. I was basically there for a payday, and I did, the, I did that to the best of my ability. Well, fair, fair game to him. He went in. He said, don't buy Dirty White Boy. I want to keep it. I'll be something else. Okay, you're going to be a plumber. Your job is to make people look good. You got it. That's cool. Fair play to him. I think, you, I think it's easily forgotten that sometimes people just want to go and make some money. Yeah. And it's like, can you come here for a year and make other wrestlers look great? Yeah, no worries. I'm all right. I'm all right with not becoming the champion. Yeah. I'll happily just come in and, you know, shine other people up. Yeah, definitely. Why wouldn't you? Still earning a living as a WWF contracted wrestler. I'm sure I heard something about, and it might, I'm, it might have been like other news reports when Shinsuke Nakamura joined WWE, and people were like, "Why is he doing that? 
I mean, he just wanted to surf, didn't he? Yeah, he wanted to go surfing. And he is, and so when they offered him like a big, big ass contract to come and work a safer style in, you know, in America where all the good surf is, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, why not? And he has, and he, you know, and he's added years to his career and he's made a big ton of money. I think it's easy just to forget that it's not always about like, oh, but he was putting on five-star matches in the Tokyo Dome. And agreed, he was. But then at the same time, he's got a good quality of life, mm. he's made a shit ton of money, mm. and he gets to go surfing on weekends. And he's still massively popular as well. And he's still massively popular. Yeah. Fair fucks to him. And this is uh, a you know, similar story with Daryl W. Anthony, a.k.a. Dirty White Boy. Tell you what about um, T.L. Hopper. Because like I've set out my store, we are in the Attitude Era now. Mm. This, the idea of a wrestling plumber is still quite new gen, but his look is quite Attitude Era. If, this, if he was yeah. a new gen plumber, he'd have the overalls on with one thing down and like a pink neckerchief and he'd have like a proper like unrealistic looking plunger. He'd look like a Mario brother. Yeah. Where this is just a sweaty man in some dirty khakis <laughs> with a horrible vest and an actual plunger. And I was just thinking, this is quite, yeah, lowbrow attitude here when you think about like when the headbangers turn up, that kind of, just kind of griminess to it. Because you could, if you wanted to, you could drop the plumber motif and, and he could still be T.L. Hopper. Yeah. And he could just be a brawler. Yeah. If they ever, if they ever chose to keep him around during the attitude era. Yeah. And you just, you'd just be like a just grimy brawler. Yeah. But I don't think they do that, no. sadly. I think he's just there as a plumber. Oh, no, he does have another run. Oh, yes, he does. Yes. Sausage. Yeah. Sausage. Oh, oh, did you get that one? Yeah. Well done. You got that one on the manager's list. Yeah. Well done. Okay, so Jerry Lawler claims on commentary as, as Mark Mera versus T.L. Hopper gets underway, he claims that at an international incident, Steve Austin will do more damage to Mark Mera's face than Hurricane Bertha, uh, which was a, a big, a big sort of... What's the best way? Uh, to describe it, uh, a major, a major, um, it was, it was a tragedy. It was Hurricane Bertha. Oh, it, did okay. a lot, did a lot of it, it did damage to Hurricane Bertha and it was in the news that week as well, which is why they talk about it. Oh yeah. Uh, Mera puts the boots to Hopper uh, and they do a picture in picture with Camp Cornette. Uh, they do an all hands in and the, here's the thing. Yeah. You saw that too. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? We mentioned this last week. I feel like, we breeze through these episodes of Raw lately, but we really stop and psychoanalyze every little twitch the British Bulldog does. Because, <laughs> like, I couldn't quite remember exactly what 90s uh, kitsch that the Camp Cornette lads were wearing, but what I do remember is Bulldog looking like a fucking fish out of water <laughs> attempting to do an all-hands-in-go team. <laughs> because as I think two hands came in, so obviously an all-hands-in-go team, you know, where you put your hand flat and then you put another hand flat and then another hand goes, you've got lovely soft hands. Thanks. And then and they go, there you go, <laughs> team. So Cornette were going to do that. But then like... As two hands go in, Bulldog puts his hand vertically like he's going for a handshake very briefly and then puts it on top. I all saw right. that, Bulldog. I saw that. You can't. You can get away with fuck all on this show. While wearing white sweatpants. <laughs> yes! A white kind of like loose-fitted hoodie where he's cut the sleeves off it and a bum pack. <laughs> 
And he's he's clearly just hair dried his hair because it was quite poofy. He's very very poofy hair, didn't yeah. he? God love him. Uh, back to the ring we go. Hopper gets a few leg scissors on Mero and it gets a big side slam as well as we go into the break. So Hopper's getting some offense here. Jerry Lawler comes back and says Mero might be having a panic attack like 36% of Americans. Because apparently panic attacks are new this week. It's a newfangled thing. Ever heard of a panic attack? Like... It's, this is where, as a society, we're discovering, you know what? Sometimes we should look at mental health. Yeah. And it would, we would still be decades away from actual supportive mental health. Yeah. But at this point, like, the panic attack thing seems like a bit of a hilarious thing. It's like, huh, some people, eh? Huh, huh, Isn't that like, funny? Just get on with work. <laughs> Just keep your head down. Uh, we get a picture-in-picture picture again, this time with Steve Austin. He's not in a good mood. He's not in a good mood. He's Mark Mero's opponent at International Incident, and he says Mero is going to have to pay for cutting his face open at King of the Ring. Austin says, I don't come out here trying to be a pretty boy or a heartthrob. I'm the best wrestler there is. If I can't get it done with wrestling, I'm the best cheap shot artist there is. Stone Cold's going to get the job done, and that's the bottom line. Getting the bottom line over, aren't we? Yeah. Bottom we line are. t shirts. Nah, 316 t shirts. We haven't heard 316 again. No, we haven't. And not the, and no sign of the, the signs yet, but maybe for the next set of tapings. We'll yeah, because the, the urban legend was, you know, oh, at the next tapings, there was Austin 316 signs everywhere. But obviously, they had one taping afterwards in front of a dead crowd, and that lingers on for four weeks. So, yeah. like I said, hopefully the next roar. We should start to see some of those things coming up. Mm. Uh, back to the match. Jerry Lawler says TL Hopper has come to his place to clean out hair from the drain. Ha, you don't have to worry about that, do you, Vince? And Vince says, well, sometimes with a wig. Oh, oh, oh anyway, <laughs> yeah, Vince having a little bit of a joke about himself. Yeah. You, Vince, I knew you had it in you. Yeah? Uh, Hopper misses a splash to get Mera back in charge. Lawler says that Stone Cold hates that Sable is at ringside. He says, Austin thinks women should be at home scrubbing the pots. That's what Austin said. Of course, Jerry. That is exactly what Steve Austin said. Of course it is. Very specific thing for Steve Austin to tell you, Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Interesting that. Mm. And he thinks that hippity-hoppity women are property. He said that exactly to me. I didn't say it. Austin <laughs> said that. And he said that Jerry Lawler should be given more money. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe he said that myself. No. He said that Jerry Lawler should be on a much bigger contract than he is, and he should probably be in the main event of every pay-per-view. And I was like, thank you, Steve. I, I, I am paid fairly, but I do believe that I am owed a king's wage. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Jerry goes back to put himself over. He says, hey, Princess Diana's divorce has been finalised. She's looking to trade up from a prince to a king. That was a pretty good line. It's quite a good line. Yeah. I'll give you that one, Jerry. Austin then said to me that that was a good line. And I was like, thank you, Steve. Austin. Yeah. Uh, Mero leapfrogs Hopper, cracks him with a right hand knockout for the win. So this is the, that's the first little taste of old boxing golden gloves. No. Mark Mero. Yeah, I didn't even cotton on until you mm. just said that marvellous Mark Mero. Because he's normally won, he's won matches lately with a sunset flip off the top. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't done the wild thing yet, which is the shooting star press. No. But he's certainly won with top rope moves at oh, this definitely. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the first time he's won with just like a nice flush... Knockout punch. I was boxing's golden gloves champion. Yeah, and he was a bit different. Laura then says Sable looks like Harriet the Spy. 
which is a Nickelodeon film, I believe, from this time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. She doesn't look like Harriet the Spy. She doesn't look like Harriet the Spy. What a weird... You're a weird man, Jerry. Weird man. Uh, backstage, we, uh, Steve Austin said that she looks like Harriet the Spy. Uh, Camp Cornette are backstage, all in their 90s regalia. Cornette says this Sunday, it'll be like two warring countries. Them laying out Warrior, them bringing in Sid, were shots across the across the county lines. Camp Cornette is due a shot, and this Sunday, an international instant, we are going to get a lot of shots in. Cornette bigs up Vader, the man who pin Shawn Michaels. He brings up Bulldog, the man that nearly beat Shawn Michaels. And <laughs> Owen, the man that nearly crippled Shawn Michaels. <laughs> They've almost done a thing. You fucked, mate. I did all the way through this video. I was just going... <laughs> <laughs> now, Bulldog, remember, when the camera's not on you, you guys pose. <laughs> Vader's just funny, isn't he? <laughs> Ooh. To be fair to Jim, though, I am into this match now. He's yeah. put it over well. He's put over his charges. He said, yeah, look, we, we battered Ultimate Warrior. You brought in Sid. We're a bit scared of him because he's weird. But you know what? We've all, between the four of us, myself, Jim Cornette included, we've all battered Shawn Michaels. Yep. It's like, do you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bite. You're onto it? You're into yeah, the match? I'll bite. Well, we'll do a live watch along next time we're together. How about that? Uh, we get a special look at The Undertaker. Now, they said last week, oh, we, we haven't got time for our Undertaker video. We'll do it next week. And I thought... It's strange that they're hyping up just a random video package. I get why. This was very This good. was fucking great. And it kind of lays some groundwork for Undertaker for years to come. A lot of this footage, I was like, recognize that, recognize that. That's from his Ministry of Darkness uh, entrance video. That's from every video of him ever. That's from this, that's from that. It felt more like... It didn't feel like a cheat again. It didn't feel like a cheesy new generation video. Like you start firing me. It was just like, yeah, it is Undertaker. Look at him through the years in front of massive crowds, being the bloke, and then we'll take it away, Tom. Yeah, well, as you say, uh, this features as, as Jackie Atkins Orlando. He says uh, it features the uh, iconic moon and tombstone yeah. shot, uh, which is used in pretty much every Undertaker. Titan Tron video, yeah. video package. First time we see it is on this episode of Raw. Uh, we also get some iconic entrances, some iconic walkouts from The Undertaker. Again, clips that you've seen over the decades come from this video package. Uh, the audio is Undertaker's words from when he was locked in a casket in 1994 at the Royal Rumble. Oh. That's where it comes from. I will not rest in peace. Where they had, <laughs> cat, where they had coffin cam. And then Marty Jannetty <laughs> floats up to the ceiling, <laughs> dressed as The Undertaker. Da, 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 da. Yeah. We get a rare extended version of the funeral march as well for the yeah. theme song, uh, which gets interrupted by psychotic noises and shrill shrieks from mankind as the footage sort of scratches and, 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 and dissolves and you see mankind in there. It then rolls into an early mix, a very early mix of the second Undertaker theme. You can't... It's not obvious, but when you listen to it, it's got that... You know the one I mean? The uh, the... 
the best Undertaker the best theme. Undertaker. Yeah, mega I, mega early version of that. Because when this was playing, I was like, oh shit! I was like, did they change his theme to that theme already? But I won't be for a little. No, while. No, not away. for a while. This will sit in a cupboard after this for a good long while. But this is a really early version of what will become the Undertaker's Undertake, second theme. Undertaker's second theme, so good, so very good, it's so good. Pure That's, evil, like, yeah. But Mark, like like forward progression evil. Yeah. Like Jim Johnson was always really good at this about making these theme songs that kind of match the rhythm of a guy walking to the ring. Yes. Like I was always like interested by how he did that. Because obviously he described like the, he, he's done a few interviews and he's talked about making the Warriors theme yeah. and how that would have to be like really quick to match the fact that he pegged it to the ring. And he thought the Rockers also run, so I'll just use the same theme. Yeah, he has a couple of he has a couple of go tos. Yeah, he talked about making Vader's theme and like how Vader would just like sort of march thing. Like he's always able to really well match how they walk yeah. and Undertaker's slow but methodical and that's why this music is just like thumping, 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 thump, dun, 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 dun. fuck you're all gonna get your fucking heads kicked in and maybe you'll get crucified because <laughs> this is where Jim Johnson really starts hitting his stride because obviously Austin's theme will change soon we'll get Sure, Michael's theme will change in the next year or two. Uh, Undertaker's theme will change. And then obviously after a couple of years, we'll get Triple H's best theme. My oh, time. Oh, yeah. I don't give a fuck who you are. That's his best theme. Mm. He, he really, like you were saying, now you've said that about him saying he tries to match his walk. I'm picturing everyone. I'm picturing, oh, I see someone called Rocky Maivere once he's kind of broken out and people like him and his theme kind of suits him walking as well. Yeah. So, yeah. He's, he's, he's good. He's very good. He is very, very good. Uh, and then uh, this video once again ends with a cut in from Shrill Mankind Shrieks footage of the taker in the mandible claw. Mm. Oh, this is brilliant. It's so good. Brilliant. You genuinely buy, the one thing they've done beautifully over the last couple of weeks, you genuinely buy that Mankind is a fucking threat to the Undertaker. Yes. Undertaker cannot quite get his head around this chap. And this is the big, like you, they've really sold. This isn't, this isn't like King Kong Bundy coming from at Mania 11. No. This isn't like fucking Karma Mustafa coming for him where Karma says, I'm going to build the Undertaker. <laughs> like, this is like, oh, this is, this is out of the realms of, yeah. of what Undertaker normally deals with. And like, I think he's fucking terrified. And especially because of like, knowing the kind of wrestler Mick Foley is and how, you know, Undertaker's a bit of a twat with a chair in his hands, but like mm. slugging him in the head of a chair and he's like, do it again, not asked. Yeah. It's like, oh, couldn't do that to Bundy. Fucking no, no, no. Bundy go down. Uh, main event o'clock, anyway, it is Daddy Ass, Billy Gunn, getting a shot at the WWF title. Shawn Michaels uh, is hanging out before this with Pat McEnroe and a bunch of kids at the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation Tennis Tournament, hmm. which is a regular thing. Okay. Yeah, it's a thing. And, and him and Pat were there, and the kids were shooting tennis balls at Shawn Michaels. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go back to wrestling because that hurts less than 400 tennis balls. <laughs> at, at, at which point he asked for four of the kids to get de-pushed. I was going to say, this is the only time that Shawn's like, gladly done the job. And it's, for, <laughs> it's for some children who might not be quite well. <laughs> you say that, but he went back to Pat McEnroe and said, that kid over there in the grey shirt, he don't know how to work. I never want to see him again. <laughs> Sean and Billy have a headlock party at the very start. Picture in picture of Ahmed Johnson, um, who says some things. 
And Vince goes, I agree. And King goes, what, you want to stud him? <laughs> this is where the Ahmed joke comes from. Again. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, I think uh, what I did pick up in there was he's got Shawn Michaels back. Yeah. There was, I had to really listen in to, yeah. to, to, to get it. But he was basically, he's got Shawn's back. Yeah. Uh, Sean dumps Billy out of the ring and then Sonny gets onto the ring apron and Sean gives her a big old kiss. He dodges a, he dodges a slap and then gives her a second big old kiss. Looks like Sean had himself some sunny days. Oh, he's done the thing! Oh, my God! Uh, Billy is livid with this, <laughs> so Sean follows up with a sunset flip for a near, for a near fall. He goes to Sweet Chin Music and Billy Gunn bails out. Yeah, yeah. That was a good little bit. I like that. Back in the ring, beautiful slingshot clothesline by Sean Michaels. Really like that. Uh, Sean goes up top. There's, hey, did you spot this? Which? So, Go on. Billy's on the floor. Yeah. Sean's going up for, to the top rope. Clear as a bell. You talk too much. You never shut up. You hear Sean shout, Tammy! No, didn't yeah. see that, no. You hear, you hear Sean go, Tammy! And then all of a sudden, Sonny comes over and starts distracting him. <laughs> watch it. Check it out. Watch it again. As he's going up the top, you hear him go, Tammy! Tammy! <laughs> I thought that was just... I thought, oh, you Tamara! Go. Tamara, get over here, bitch. Come here. Uh, back no, in... not tomorrow, now. <laughs> That's why watch you got confused. <laughs> I thought you wanted me... Yeah. Uh, Tuesday, I thought we were doing that. Um... So as Tamara distracts him, uh, Billy hoys him off the top rope, mm. sends him flying. Uh, he then clotheslines him out of the ring dead quick. I thought that was a nice little bit between betwixt Sean and Billy. Yeah. Uh, Lawler drops some topical stuff in here. He says the American swimming team have promised to abstain from having sex during the Olympics, to which Vince aggressively asks, Sex? What does sex have to do with a WWF championship? And in other news, I want to have sex with Sonny and Sable and Sonny and Malina and Sable and Sonny. I love it. <laughs> it's like, all right, Vince. <laughs> Vince, who has somehow, magically, the, the head writer of WWE, who somehow had storylines where he had affairs with pretty much every blonde woman on the roster, wants to know what sex has got to do with the wrestling. And don't forget the time he pitched being the father of his own daughter's oh, baby. fuck, he did, didn't he? Christ. Weird man. Weird man. He's a weird man. Um, all Billy into and out of the break. Lawler and Sonny are delighted by all of this. Camp Cornette leave, uh, head to the ringside area. Uh, as Sean Cow so they, so Camp Cornette. Oh, yeah, that's it. Sorry, I got that wrong. Camp Cornette don't come to the ringside area. In fact, they leave the arena very peacefully. Bye, Jim. Bye. See you next week. Bulldog has been told that they're going to pop via Smiths and he's going to get a toy. So he's on his way out. <laughs> Smiths, they named it after me. Can I have a tangent? It comes with a free swizzles, Matt Law lollipop. <laughs> I love Desperate Dan. He eats pies and he has a big chin like old David. <laughs> Jim Cornette has now got to go find a news agent himself, the dandy. It's like, I've got to get it imported. It cost me eight quid. We're <laughs> yeah, not worth it. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I'm your band. I like the numbskulls. <laughs> <laughs> Who else was in the dandy? There was a cat, wasn't there? Corky cat. Corky cat. <laughs> love Corky cat. He's Corky wack. cam. He likes his wacky, his wacky adventures. I like him. I can only think of Beano characters. Oh, you're more a Beano man, are you? Well, of course, there's, there's Bass Street Kids. Bass Street Kids. Dennis Menace. Billy Wiz. Bit Wiz. Um, Les Pretends. Les Pretend, he's round the bend. Minnie Minx. Calamity James. Three Bears. I love the Beano. <laughs> I can tell Beano's yeah. our bag, isn't it? Eventually, the Numbskulls would, uh, yeah. would do a Scott Hall and turn up in the Beano. Numbskulls, there's, there's, only, there's only a handful that jumped. Numbskulls jumped. Yeah. You know who we are, but you don't know why we're here. 
Blinky, Radar, the other one. <laughs> Where is Dennis the Menace? <laughs> <laughs> Beano's still going strong, baby. Yeah. Good for the Beano. Might buy a copy on the way home just for comedy value. I, I always go to charity shops now looking for old Beano's and Dandy oh. books from like the 70s and 80s. So I've picked up a few recently. Beautiful. Just sat chuckling reading them in bed and Sean's like, you're 35 this year. I was like, does not matter. I still think <laughs> Little Plum is fine, if not a little problematic. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of you and Sean being sat in bed. Sean like doing like the accounts for the house. <laughs> we have to cut back on this. We have to do this. You know, a nurse's outfit just there because you just finished work. And she's like, oh, I just had a lot on today. And then there's you <laughs> reading the Beano <laughs> while sat up in bed. Have or Betty on a Saturday where she's reading like the Financial Times <laughs> and you're reading the Dandy. Have you seen this? Ball Boy scored a hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Wiz ran too fast and hit his head into a fucking lamppost. He's got grade three concussion. <laughs> that was the last Billy Wiz comic that was. Dennis the Menace's dad just beat fuck out of him with a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the theory on the subject of that, right? He's taking a swig. Mm. The current Dennis the Menace isn't the original Dennis the Menace. Yes. No, it is true. Yeah. That Dennis, the original Dennis the Menace, is grown up now. He's got a bit of a pop belly and he's just a bit like, oh, I remember when I was a little cunt. See, that's not what I heard. I heard that Dennis's dad hmm. in the new comics is the original Dennis the Menace. Yeah, but he's, I'm pretty sure he's still drawn a bit like the old Dennis. He's not drawn right. like traditional dad. It is what would the old Dennis the Menace look like if he grew up. So he's like similar face. He's still got his black hair, but it's kind of like bald in a bit. Right, with you. Yeah. But yeah, like, as you say, like, I remember when I was a little cunt. Like, that's kind of the thing. Nasher Nipper, long dead. Oh, God, uh, yeah. And I... Rasher the pig. Rash... Is Rasher gone or was Rasher... Ah, uh, he must be dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's a Nasher and a Nipper, but I'm sure Nasher, it must just be like a yeah. clone. yeah. They cloned Nasher. Well, he's not allowed to bully Walter the Softy anymore because they were just like, oh, it's a bit, he's gay bashing him, really. <laughs> he's just like, oh, look at that lad over there having a good time with his friends. Let's go beat him up for being different. And be like, this isn't cool. Oh. Let's, let's not do this. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess he's still a menace, though. Yeah, he's still a menace. That's, that's, you know what? As long as he's still a menace, that's and, all that matters. To our American listeners, that's you. Um, Google it. This, this is a different Dennis the Menace. Not... The American dentist, the man, should be like, oh, I can't believe I accidentally ate too many cookies. <laughs> British dentist, the man, should be like, swim pool there. I'm going to do a shit in it. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. <laughs> I'm going to do a shit in it and beat up some effeminate boys. It's like, stop <laughs> it, Dennis. He's wearing like Doc Martin boots to do it as well. Yeah. Like, oh, look, I'm the American dentist, the menace. I better make two really shit films. With Walter Matthau in him for some oh reason. Oh my God, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Bloody hell. I guess, you know what? Sometimes I see some films that people do and I go, I guess you've got a conservatory to pay for. Oh, like, definitely. I get it. I get it. Was it uh, Michael Caine? Was he in Jaws 3 or 4? Oh, really? Uh, he's in one of them. And they're just like, what was your experience like? He's like, oh, terrible film. But I do have a really nice house in the Bahamas now. <laughs> 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 Good on you. You know what? Capitalism always wins. Uh, so, as Count Cornet leaves peacefully, Sean counters a bulldog and sends Billy into the fucking stratosphere when yes, he does Yes, he it. does. Sends him flying into midair and he lands with a thump. Sean comes back on the offence now, dropping a big dive and elbow, polishes him off with a clean as a whistle, sweet chin music, and a one, and a two, and a three. Mm. So, Billy Gunn, daddy ass, uh, good effort. You will not be the WWF champion. 
But let's revisit this in 1999 and think about it again. Mm. Uh, Ahmed meets Sean at the curtain. He's like, well done, mate. Good job. Let's, yep. let's, let's go and get a pizza. Sean fucks his title off somewhere. He just throws it off screen. He's like, catch that, not bad. I think he threw it at Vince. Jackass! <laughs> like Brock Lesnar did that time when he hurled the belt at Vincent Mann. Oh, yeah? That? I got this. What a pittance. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, lads. That's a nice one, that. Uh, Jim Cornette turns up, throws, uh, throws a drink over Sean and Ahmed. <laughs> Dickhead. Yeah, see you later. And then Jim Cornette presumably runs off like Zoidberg. <laughs> I just imagine that's what he did. <laughs> and Sean and Ahmed go, oh, Let's not follow him. That feels like a ruse. Let's just go to the dressing room and just, you know, let's, let's beat them up on, on the weekend. No, actually, that's not what they do. They fucking follow him into the parking lot. And then Wurzel out of nowhere goes, oh, shit. <laughs> Sean, no. Don't do it. They go to the parking lot and they are ambushed by Bulldog Owen and Vader. Batter them and then... Fucking hell. This My was... favourite moment of the night. This was so good. They're fighting in the parking lot, right? You hear a you hear a car screeching. <gasps> this car comes flying into the front of the shot, fucking knocks over some bins, hits a supporting wall, breaks, fucking Sid gets out the car, who's clearly never parked a car in his life, no. and just drives it until it stops, gets out the car, and Cornette lads go, fuck this, we're off. Let's go. And Sid's just like, who wants a twat in? <laughs> it's just carnage. Absolute carnage. The bit where he flies in in the car. Oh, my I God. I ran this and watched this about four times. Died laughing watching Because he gave it socks. He must have been carrying about 60 <laughs> into a wall. How he didn't die, I don't know. He literally drove straight into a fucking wall, trashed the car, and then just chased off Camp Corner on his own. I can't believe that in a couple of vignettes and one backstage segment over the past two weeks, they have put over Sid so fucking well. Abs- oh, God, more so than the warrior. Like, yeah. I'm... I'm so on board with Sid's comeback after. Like, I was all like this about it when I saw him last week. Saw that. I went, yeah, he's my guy. Yeah. Give him everything. Especially when he does this in the crowd. Oof. Oh. And he comes out just sweating profusely. Yeah. Like doused in fluid. And doing his weird promos where he yells too much, blows out the mic, and then whispers. But because the mic's blown out, you can't hear the whisper. (laughs) This is so Let me tell you something! It's like, oh, Sid. Sydney. I don't know how you do those. I guess whether you have a lapel mic. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you do them. Uh, But uh, a white hot end to Modern Overall. What were your thoughts on the show? Uh, It was decent. I'm glad to see the back of this crowd. Um, The pay-per-view main event has been built well. Like Mm. I said before, I'm all on board for the main event. The rest of the show... Not really. No. No. They have been doing bits and bobs, but it's been just kind of like, oh, Austin's pitching pitcher saying he's going to batter someone. Oh, remember Goldust? He might have a fight. Mm. But the main event, the main event, the main event, is like they've, they've built the main event to, obviously they had to work around Warrior being Warrior. But it, it doesn't feel like the rest, like the show as a whole hasn't been... It's a very much a one-match show, isn't it? It's yeah. one-match card. Yeah. But the... the I mean, we, I'm sure there'll be good things on it, but it just it feels like they have lent 
heavily into the main event. But like we said, Warriors gone, Sid's here. They had no choice, really. Yeah. What about you? Thoughts? I week? thought it was. I thought it was a go home show. It was fine. I agree with you that there's not much emphasis on the rest of the card. Mm. We could have done with maybe like a little recap of what's happening. But I guess that they're now at a point where they're up against uh, Nitro. So the the way the shows are structured is going to change. Yeah. They don't want those big stop downs that you had with Slam Jam in the past. Yeah, where you just run down That's a car. Slam Jam. Some, yeah, it's on Superstars now. Oh, is it? Yeah, they moved it to Superstars with twenty-two-year-old Doc Hendricks doing the voiceover. Fuck, how was he in his twenties in that? I swear, to God. <laughs> alarming, alarming. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's on there. Now, I think because like they're so conscious of people turning over, they want to yeah. just make sure there's always stuff happening, always stuff happening on Raw, quick, 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 quick. So you are going to probably lose some elements of that. You haven't got time to run down the card. You could have done it whereby you do like the picture-in-picture thing like they do with coming up on Raw tonight, this and yeah. this. I would like to maybe send that for International Incident, just have mm-hmm. some of the matches flashing up on the right-hand side of the screen. You could have done it that way, but they yeah. didn't. It's a one-match card, but we'll watch that one-match card next time we're together because this is the go-home for International Incident. So next time we are together, it'll be a watch-along presentation of In Your House International Incident. And until we are next back together, he is at Brat Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. <laughs> Rat Cold Holic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Please. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Strong ending. Oh. That's our version of Sid smashing a car into the yeah, supporting wall. Just us being polite. <laughs> Politeness wins. Fuck off. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 